Yes team, Wilkes here from the Starks Naked podcast, the podcast that takes a look into the fitness industry and looks under the bonnet of what's really going on. Today we talk to Jack Forrester, who is the head of online at Starks Fitness. And has been working on lots of different programs from working with postnatal mums right the way through to working with the Peak 365 program that looks at more of the um, training programs of people that are looking to enter different events. One last thing before we get into the, uh, the podcast, uh, I'd just like to take this time to make sure that everybody is liking, reviewing, tagging, whatever you need to do to help us boost our, our podcast and to get our podcast out into the wider audience. So if you can do me that real quick favor, just head underneath or over here or up in the top corner or wherever it may be, just to give us that moment of your time to, to help us increase the awareness of this podcast. Um, but further ado, let's get into the podcast with Jack. Enjoy. Right, Jack, good to have you on the podcast finally. I know we've been trying <laughs> a couple of times to get this in. We tried to get it on the uh, on the retreat, didn't we, the first yeah, time, right? Yeah, That's yeah. when I originally wrote. Do you want to sunbathe in me? Yeah, that's the problem, wasn't it? We were all too busy sunbathing. No, you were too busy sunbathing. Yeah, I was too busy sunbathing. <laughs> with a <the> camera. <laughs> um, yeah, so I just wanted to start really by just kicking things off just by asking a little bit about you and your background and where you've come from in terms of the fitness journey. Obviously, you've come from Scotland, but... <laughs> just, just nah. From, nah. <laughs> Subtitles. <laughs> um, but yeah, just how you've kind of... Your journey started in fitness and where you are now. Yeah, so basically, um, I was always interested in sport growing up through school and whatnot. And that led me to really focus on sports at school. And like most young boys, probably veered away from the educational side at school and got into a little bit of trouble here and there. Um, but luckily, my, my parents did guide me in the right direction. Um, but what it meant was when I got to like 16, 17, I didn't really leave school with that many qualifications. Um, and one option that I had when I was leaving school was to do another year. So we, in Scotland, we do six years, but only four are, you have to do four, but you can do six if you want to okay. get higher grades. Yeah, yeah. So because of my age, I could stay for another two years if I wanted to. And I did this sports coaching course in my fifth year of the six. And through that, that almost led me into a two-year apprenticeship at Scottish Rugby. So because I was playing rugby at the time, that was an easy switch for me to say, like, I love playing rugby and I was reasonably good at it. I felt like I had a good capacity to teach it as well. And one of the guys that played in my team was a, a development officer. So he was basically like, there's this pathway, you can go through that, you'll work beneath me, I'll help kind of like build you up almost. So after my fifth year at school, I done that qualification, then I left to go and do the two year apprenticeship. So that was 17 to 19, 17, 16 to 18. And then at that point, I went away to Australia to play rugby or whatever, came back, and then I got a job as a rugby coach. Yeah. Um, and then I basically found my love for like coaching people, yeah. coaching things, like helping people like learn new stuff and just like excel at what they were doing. Um, and then from that point, I got to a certain level with the, the rugby coaching and then it kind of hit a ceiling. Yeah. But it was at that point where I was really interested in training in the gym for my own gain. But then I was like, oh, well, personal training could be like the next yeah. best uh, step. So that's when I kind of pivoted and moved into the fitness industry rather than sports. Um, and it's then just it, it's interesting that you, you talk about the, the Scottish rugby kind of guiding you through that journey is do they still do that sort of thing i think they do yeah, yeah. it's a kind of it's a, a vocational course so yeah. you basically do it um a couple of days a month with them with 
a, yeah. a person who has a role within the, the business and the first year was all about coaching skills, second year was all about management yeah. skills and then you just progress on from there. But within that, you go back to your club who part employer and you teach in schools, you teach in yeah. uh, primary schools, yeah, different yeah. scenarios like that and, and build it up that way. And that's what ends up allowing Scotland to be England. Right. <laughs> I said it. I, it was partly my fault. <laughs> yeah. my fault. It was partly my game that helped us. Yeah, in yeah. England on the weekend, you could yeah, see. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, see yeah. seen it all over that. Okay, so we got a little bit about your background. So, about your now, in terms of where you are now, how did it come around in terms of you joining Starks Fitness? And well, that journey? I've known James for a few years now, just through the, the fitness industry. We became friends. We'd always stayed in touch. Yeah. Um, way back down the line, he was looking to try and expand yeah. the SF Nutrition product yeah. in Scotland. And I was um, working at a gym in Scotland that was probably one of the better known ones in Edinburgh at the time. So reached out to each other and we got a bit of a relationship going yeah. that we were basically selling the products um, to a different market in Scotland. Um, it carried on that way. Then I moved back to Australia again for the second time. <laughs> so we kind of, um, the relationship almost just like went on pause, if you like, because I wasn't so much um, in Scotland pushing the products as much. Yeah. So we just kind of like moved off on a separate tracks at that point. But when I came back, it was lockdown at that point. And I think we, we basically made contact again on Instagram. And he asked if I would be keen to join the core team again. Yeah, because when I met you for yeah, the, yeah. the first time as well. So um, came back online with the core team. And I think it was like October of that year we had COVID when I was going to Greece and he basically told me about the app that he was yeah. that he was developing and he was like, oh, like there could be a role there. And I was like, sweet, went away to Greece, but it was only when I came back from Dubai, I think I managed to get yeah, a couple yeah. of good holidays. Uh, come back then at Christmas time, uh, got the call from both you guys to say yeah, like, listen, yeah. there's a role there. If you're keen to take it, then come down and meet us, yeah. we'll have a chat about it. And I came down on the, it was like, the 21st of December or something, yeah, wasn't it? Like a, yeah. a wet Monday yeah, night or something. It was, mate. It's yeah. right. This is like today. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that, that, was, uh, that was how it started, mate. Okay, perfect. So, yeah, we got all those bits now. So, let's talk about the products that we've got. I know you've been working hard in the background. I know we've got the app. You've just touched on the app. But we've also got a lot of online pro programs and yeah, products yeah. that we've, that well, you personally have just been developing over the last, well, 12 months, really. Yeah. Um, and I think they're now starting to come to the boil right across and think, certainly from a lot of the people well, I'll let you explain that that are on the programs we're all enjoying it and yeah. almost kind of bringing that community element to, to, to a product which we've kind of worked really hard on to almost replicate what we do here in the gym um, so yeah I'll let you talk about that uh, a little bit you're, more you're right man it's, it has been uh, cha challenging not difficult challenging yeah. in respect that we could see that we were putting so much effort in over the whole course yeah. of last year but the, the return was just a little bit slower but turning the year now we're starting to get more people using the products and, and likely so like they're really enjoying them they're getting great results so they're starting to benefit they're starting to tell other people yeah. and things are starting to turn but the, the way I saw it initially was that we had this hierarchy of products that could serve anyone from the ground to the top mm. and you'd have your highest ticket product which is the complete package and that is um, bespoke one-to-one -one coaching yeah. from an online perspective and um, you work one-on-one -on -one with a coach you'll check in with your coach they'll design your program they'll give you nutritional guidance that was our, our kind of like almost personal yeah. training but from distance that's top of the the, the pyramid if you like um, and then when you step down from that we've got this this middle tier which was um, bespoke group programming so again it, re it replicates yeah. our small group PT that we have in the gym but we have uh, 
peak performance, which is again a performance-based program for those looking to, to compete or increase their physical performance in sport or just in life. Then we have Aesthetic 365, which is a male and a female arm, and yeah. that is our body composition focused um, package. You're looking at um, building lean muscle, you're looking at reducing your body fat mass, and it's a bit more of a kind of volume-based program, yeah. but as I said, we do have the male and the female offering, because both um, bodies are, are different, both yeah, yeah. they've got different physiology, and we, we work with that. And then the new one on the outside of that is a rebuild plan. So it's on the same tier, but it's solely specific to postnatal females. Yeah. Uh, and that one's been a real hit so far this year as well. Like really impressed with that. We've got Rosie on board, who's our postnatal uh, expert. Yeah. Uh, and she's been helping me with the, the little finer details yeah. that I would almost build into the, the framework and the structure that the other programs have. Um, and then beneath that, you've got the app, which is like the, the bottom layer. So that's our on-demand library of yeah workouts, education, uh, exercise demonstration. So that really is your, your um, not quite the bottom package, but it fits everything. It's mm. almost like something that you could bolt onto any of the other packages yeah, yeah. and benefit from it. And am well. I right in saying, well, I know the answer to this. So <laughs> we bought in the app into all those programs as and where Absolutely. we need so to. Yeah. Like for instance, recovery, recovery yeah. days, uh, you'll have done it yourself yeah, on your yeah. own program. So like when we've got a recovery day, it's not just a, a rest day. We can actually give you a yoga session. We can yeah. give you a breath work session, but we can do that via video on the app. So you literally get it delivered to your program. Mm. You click on it, you can go to the app, you can watch the video, you can take part in the, the session. So it's yeah. really functional it's um it's a really interesting space at the moment the online space um i think i think you'll probably agree with me on this as well we were slightly late to the party with, with bringing it to to market but i think what we've done really well is pivoted the, the whole offering and turned it around to be able to say well, we don't have to just do it at home you can do it in the gym and what you're seeing now is that you're seeing people when you walk into gyms not just here but other gyms that are now sat there with their phone they're going through their programs or our programs or whatever and, and doing their sessions within the gym I think that's a really, it's, it's almost evolution of the, of the industry now where you're not relying on a coach or you're not relying on somebody just to give you a program. You've got that program there in your hand in your phone or print it out or whatever. It's, um, it's a really interesting turn to, to, to the whole industry of fitness. And I know we're not the only ones doing it. So it's, it's really interesting to see how that kind of next 12 to 24 months will pan out and how that will um, evolve from, from where we're at now. Because I'm sure it will. I'm sure it will evolve yeah, into I think it's kind of just like the evolution of like where current or previous limitations yeah. might have been. So previously when you might have been limited by, you read, read a workout in a, a magazine. Yeah. Oh, I've got to take the magazine to the gym with me or I've got to remember yeah. it or I've got to write Re-charms. it. Yeah, write, write <laughs> yeah. it down on a piece of paper. Um, then the piece of paper evolved into a logbook. People still use logbooks, yeah. but again, it's like it's bricks and mortar, isn't it? It's like taking yeah, a pen course. and pencil into the gym. Now we've got our our training platform that's got your session plan on yeah. it. It's got video demonstrations. You can log your weights. You can read comments from your coach. You can give comments to your coach all at that time. Um, and it's it's a progression. It's, it's less equipment. You've got it all there. But what it's also doing as well is like that limitation that people might have had where it's maybe a financial thing over getting a coach. You can actually get that product from distance to a certain degree with yeah. with uh, less of a price point. We've got the video demonstrations in there. We've got feedback from the coach when you kind of like put your own video demonstrations in for feedback and whatnot. So there is a progression there. There is that you still can't get past the 
um, physical yeah. coach in person, like that's yeah. always going to be top of the chain because they're they're in person there with you, depending on how good the coach is. Yeah, but they're in, course, the, in yeah. person with you. They're <laughs> they're not on their phone at the yeah, side. Yeah. They're actually focusing on your yeah. technique. They're giving you live cues and maybe even hands-on points as well. Mm. But I think like our product and products similar are definitely bridging the gap between um, the personal trainer and not having anything at all, no knowledge. I mean, the the, the, the whole um, pandemic has, has given us this like you said, bridge, to, to bridge that gap. And it's, it's really interesting to look at it as actually, it's probably the thing that was missing from the whole industry. I know online coaching was there, but it probably just wasn't as um, at the forefront of everybody's yeah. thinking. They were always, like you say, they'd write down a program. I, I was guilty of it. Well, not guilty of it, but I would do it. Flick through a magazine. Oh, yeah. that's good. Just watch out session. Com, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> literally. Yeah. And chess five times 10. Yeah, literally. Yeah. But no, nah, you're right. And I think the, the only... As someone who's spent a lot of time in the industry and I weigh a lot of importance on my knowledge, my education, mm. I do the due diligence to then coach clients yeah. in, the, in the right way. What the online coaching game has now opened up is a lucrative or so-called lucrative lifestyle where you could be so flexible that yeah. a lot of young coaches in the industry or even like pretend coaches in the industry are just seeing that as a point to kind of say like, I could be an online coach yeah. sitting in my living room or sitting on a beach doing these programs. But really, like the level of service that they're given, they're just seeing it as a benefit to their lifestyle yeah, and not really a benefit to the client. It's almost just a touch point from there. At the moment, yeah. So I think yeah. like that's my only annoyance of where it's gone because I, I particularly still want to give the highest level of service course, for yeah. each individual client be it on a group model or on a one-to-one -one model yeah. and you're now competing with this like plethora of just like I'll not use certain words that I've used before <laughs> but it's like this new type of coach that yeah. copies and pastes workouts for speed for mass they they market themselves pretty well on yeah, social media course, yeah. probably um but it kind of it almost tars the service that the good coaches and the good group programs are yeah. giving people and it almost like burns the fingers of the client as well because if they get given a mm. bad product from an online coach, their then perception of what an online coach is are, is yeah. like tarnished a little bit. So when you then try and upsell your product that's gonna help them and you're gonna give a good coaching service, they're kind of like, mm, I've had one before, you're all the same. Yeah. So there is an element of that that's almost made the industry more difficult, but I agree with you, We're on the whole, it's going in the right yeah, direction. Yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah, so tr check your credentials, basically, is what we're saying. Check, check credentials. <laughs> Come to Jackie Boy first. <laughs> um, but the other kind of, it leads quite nicely into the whole online thing um, around what you've done with Rosie, and you touched on Rosie just now in terms of the rebuild program that we do for postnatal um, mums or and mums-to-be as well. So I've obviously got two boys, and I can understand when certainly my wife was going through pregnancy and post-pregnancy and stuff like that, the amount of information that gets flooded to, to women on a daily basis, not necessarily from the NHS or anything like that, but there is a lack of knowledge in the lead up and the post-birth. Um, post I think what we've done or what you've done in terms of what you've built, I think that kind of bridges again that gap, or hopefully it does, and gets rid of all that misinformation yeah. to, to kind of clear that vision to, to being able to step back in the gym and feel confident to be stepping back in the gym about what they should be doing, what they shouldn't be doing, and then obviously building back up into our normal um, kind of capacity in the gym. So do you yeah. want to touch on well, that? Personally, my um, journey as a coach, I've always had a lot of female clients, be they um, 
younger or older. So one of the things that was really important to me from early days was understanding the female body, right? Yeah. So the menstrual cycle and menopause being two main touch points that I had to go and do a lot of learning on. The postnatal and prenatal training and considerations wasn't something that I yeah. dipped the toe in until later down the line. Um, Rosie's been unreal. She's got so much knowledge and she's guided me so well so that I could put my coaching knowledge and my understanding of programming and periodization into a plan that's gonna, one, give the, yeah. um, the pre and postnatal mums uh, a safe, journey towards pregnancy and then post birth as well but you're right the education side of things and i think like what rosie's brought to the the, the table is amazing knowledge but she puts it across in such a great way as well so we're really beneficial that we've been able to bring these two parts together for a great program but for great education because yeah. you're right like that's one thing i've noticed as well like even um interacting with our clients now how much that they either didn't know or have been told. It's just like two massive ends of the continuum is like know nothing or know so much stuff, yeah. but how much of it is actually relevant? It's all just like know everything, but yeah. not really know how to apply any of it. Mm. So I think that's one of the really important things about our program is that the advice that Rosie's given on the, the technical front is it's really practical and it's really easy to implement for anybody, which yeah. is really valuable. And we've obviously had the, the very fortunate uh, guinea pig of, of Jodie, oh, of which is obviously James's <laughs> wife. Um, she's coming in and done a, a really amazing job, hasn't she, in terms of where she was and where she is now. Absolutely. So great case study for us as a business to be able to showcase that. I've got, I've got to say that she had a pretty poor coach for the first few weeks in James. Um, <laughs> but as soon as she... Not, I think she'd agree with you on that, she, <laughs> as soon as she got rid of him and she come on to the repo plan, no, honestly, she's been great. Yeah. And uh, our work that she's done with Rosie, our work that she's done with me, she's been consistent. And the, the biggest thing for me as well is it's it's not even been like people from the outside will look in and be like, well, you've got you've got a PT, your your husband owns a gym, yeah. you can do it. It's not really going like that. Nah. She, sometimes she's been in once a week, she's been in twice a week, she's been doing stuff on her own, which can, she's got two kids, <laughs> she's say, got yeah. like multiple businesses, yeah. like she's a bit busy woman. Yeah. And you're right, she's like, she's absolutely smashed out yeah. of the park and she's a really good example and, and almost a role model for a lot of people because yeah. she's time poor, she was quite new to the game yeah. and she's just been consistent with it. So like, what, what else can you ask for? Yeah, it's been brilliant. Yeah. Do, do you think she's probably coming out of that postnatal kind of period now where she could probably go back into I think she, she probably in the last month yeah. she is on par if not above where a lot of um, current members and stuff would Amazing. be with their with yeah. their fitness journey um, and it's just through that knowledge the application of the basic stuff that's yeah. important to your journey out of the the pregnancy and the birth mm. um, and inconsistency like i said it's just all happened for exactly her. that's a, that's the, the main word in it consistency across all these these programs cool so we've covered off all our products i don't want to talk about products anymore <laughs> i don't want to push any more products so this is my strong point yeah, yeah. <laughs> keep talking keep talking <laughs> so one of the things that we want to start doing on on the podcast um we've introduced a little bit of a different structure so I've done a bit of research. I know a lot about you anyway, but I've gone into your Instagram feed and gone right the way Which back. Which Instagram account? <laughs> 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 Might catch you out. Now, it's actually quite recent. So um, you recently put a post up on, let me check my notes, uh, just on um, why you're eating protein and fats uh, for breakfast. Um, so I just wanted to touch on that because I know working with you personally on a training business, tra training business, training part from, from my own perspective, and what you implement to me and consistency and stuff like that. But I want to kind of get it from your words. 
so the viewers can also yeah. okay, get so knowledge from you. Before we can knock on to that, there's obviously the uh, important part that like there's a different nutrition strategy for every person and yeah. for every goal. So depending on what your goal is, protein and fats for breakfast might be great. Protein and carbs for breakfast might be great. No breakfast might be great. Depending on who you are, what your goal is and what you're trying to achieve. Mm -hmm. But what I believe for the most part, when people have got a goal of being fit and healthy, losing a bit of body fat, having sustained <coughs> energy levels, eating a, a breakfast with protein and fats is gonna set you up for the rest of the day. Yeah. It helps manage your fasting blood sugar levels, keeps you satiated, which is keeping you full for most people. Okay. <laughs> Just get my dictionary. Yeah, um, <laughs> keeps you satiated. Yeah. But it also, because when we eat carbohydrates, we, whenever we digest them, we have a rise in blood sugar that yeah. then stimulates our body to say, right, okay, we need to secrete hormones that are going to help lower that blood sugar. When the hormones then come and grab the sugars, they can then help transport them to the cells within our muscles and, and transport them to our liver where they can be turned around as energy or stored yeah. as energy. That process of blood sugar going up and blood sugar going down then gives us a, a response on the outside to think, okay, bring the blood sugars back up again. So if you are someone who is maybe having a, a cereal for breakfast and then you're gonna go and sit in your desk at your office, you're gonna get that quick rise in blood sugar, you're gonna get that energy in the morning, but then by 10, 11 o'clock, yeah. maybe even earlier, that energy is coming back down again right, because yeah. your body's done its job of dropping the blood sugars down, then you're thinking, I need, I need some fuel here. Yeah, yeah. That's probably when you're grabbing a coffee, you're maybe getting a cake at the same time, you're maybe grabbing the handful of biscuits or whatever that's in the office or wherever you are. Yeah, yeah. And it just sets you up for that yo-yo along the day. So if you can almost manage that first um, part of the day, and then as the day goes on, start to introduce some carbohydrates, you're probably gonna be in a better position to manage your calorie intake and yeah. to manage your food sources. That's the main benefit to it. If we want to see someone who's got irregular blood sugars go yeah. like that, they're gonna to have to be um, using their willpower a lot more through the day, which we know is difficult when you've yeah, got course, family, yeah, yeah. when you've got a busy job. If you're mm. already using your willpower to <laughs> get the kids to school without pulling someone's <laughs> arms and legs yeah, off yeah. or, um, trying not to be stressed on the bus or you're trying not to have an argument with someone at work like all these things require willpower mm. we've only got so much in a day so as a means to save some of that and set yourself up for success with your diet protein and fats in the morning is a good start bosh it's a good answer um so it kind of you, you set it up nicely again um in terms of goals you, you mentioned goals just now so i've had the i've had well, i've witnessed you compete and one of the things i would say is i quite admire when i first went to National Fitness Games with you in Surrey, I think it was. Yeah. The way that you set up to go into that competition, it was like you were about to play a professional rugby game or you were going and play, going out into a, a boxing ring with a professional professional boxer. I, I quite, quite like the way that you, you approach that. So um, what's your goals this year in terms of competing and stuff? Because I know you've got some big yeah. ones. Yeah, so again, this is like the, the other side of the previous question where it was like, protein and fats, like yeah. that'll keep you sustainable. The unsustainable side is training for competition. And that's when you've got 
um, performance-based goals, and that's when you're going to have to fuel your efforts yeah. um, with certain foods to then get the mm -hmm. the performance you want. My goal for this year is to have the the fittest, most strongest, most agile version of me. I'm 30 this year, so it's going to be a difficult ask as I once was a young 21-year-old yeah, yeah. <laughs> running around doing whatever. But I just feel like this year, I want to just maximize what I'm doing. So I've got a complete focus on um, work being one thing. The second thing is my obviously my, my personal life, my family, my friends, my relationship. But then my personal thing that I'm most interested in is my training performance. Yeah. So social events, drinking alcohol, all that stuff is like be priority to me at the moment. So my main goal is to be the fittest, most agile version of myself. And I'm going to test that yeah. at certain co um, competitions throughout the year. Um, my favorite one of late has been the turf games because it's kind of like, it is getting more skill-based, but really it's like team of five, yeah. pain tolerance, get in there and just work hard for your teammates. Yeah. And what they are starting to bring in is more skill-based stuff, which has been enjoyable for me as well, like Olympic lifting and, and more gymnastics movements. Yeah. And that's almost spurred me to want to move towards some more CrossFit style competition. So I will be looking out for a couple of them. So towards CrossFit the back Games in, in a couple of years? CrossFit Games. <laughs> maybe, maybe, the, Zach? Maybe, the, maybe the Masters. <laughs> 35 plus, yeah. but even then it could be a stretch. But no, it's just like, that new challenge of um, not being good at something, yeah. but almost like starting to see that you could be better at it, just gives you that that drive to just push yeah. towards it. So that's what I'm really excited about. Yeah, amazing. So, so I had the the um, the pleasure of actually <laughs> judging and, and refereeing a, a zone at the NFG. I haven't competed in one yet, but it will come this year, I'm sure. Um, but the, the, these competitions are, are popping up all over the place at the moment, whether it's a local gym that's doing them or if it's turf games or it's CrossFit games or whatever it is. I mean, that a lot of people are now entering that, that stage. And for me, somebody's at, at the twilight end of their football career, as much as I don't want to admit it, something like that actually gives me something that I can focus on. Like you said, yeah. it's that team mentality. is everything like that. Like I took six months out of football and missed the change room like crazy and I think something like this for somebody like me it would be perfect segue yeah. into something like I that mean, there's you play a devil advocate on some parts what I'll get onto but the, the overriding thing is yes it's it yeah. gives gives you longevity to your mm. your training your the team environment yeah. like it just give that was a great thing for me when I stopped playing rugby I stopped playing rugby probably too early but mm. at that point I loved the social aspect but I loved the competition more and what I was getting from the competition or the level I was at yeah. I just wasn't cutting the mustard anymore so then I stopped playing but then I did miss the social aspect yeah. so these it's team huge. competitions are filled that gap which I'm sure they will do for many people because it's it's gives you so much motivation so much drive to be working with friends or other yeah. people towards a common goal. The only downside, again, is the fact that it's almost like overload now. People are like, yeah. they're, they're training at 80, 85, 90, 95% for long periods of the year. So when we talk about it's adding longevity to your training, yeah. when you start to train at those intensities, a lot of the time with poor education on why you're training at that intensity is you're just trying to get to that competition, yeah. Yeah. flogging yourself there is going to be more injuries, more burnouts that come up with it. And that's where um, people like us and other um, big gyms in the industry have got a, a role to play where they have to start to educate and provide people with a framework on how to build towards an event, maybe even more education on how to pick yeah. and choose their battles. So you're not going to do every single event in the year. You're going to 
rest, you're going to peak, you're going to accumulate volume towards these events mm. so that you can be your best self and compete yeah. the way and enjoy the event for it, what it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's just a new challenge for us. We're going to have to just adapt to that and uh, and start to educate people on the the new um, lay of the land. If you like, it's brilliant. Yeah, no, I think so too. And and that was going to be one of the questions that I was going to put to you is, is how somebody that is essentially new to that whole experience and how they would prepare and stuff like that. But you kind of perfectly answered well, it then. In my own um, research and coaching of clients, there's always um, certain things that need to be um, set before yeah. you can then approach a performance-based goal like mm -hmm. that. And for me, um, absolute strength, meaning the the maximal potential that you've got for lifting a weight relative to the individual is one key area. And aerobic fitness is the second key area. With those two training modalities, you're able to um, build your base through the aerobic training, but also have a higher peak through your absolute strength. So that means when you go to your competition style stuff, you have actually got the potential to um, show maximum yeah. power, but also power endurance, which is gonna obviously give you legs when you're doing a workout for four, five, six, seven, eight minutes. Yeah. But what the, the problem that a lot of people have is they prioritize the performance style training first before they've got a wide base and a high peak. Yeah. So they, yeah. they've, they're not actually capable of expressing power and maintaining power. And I think that's the problem with a lot of people, not the problem, that's the, the weak point of yeah. a lot of people's training programs and a lot of people's fitness in general is they want to get to the end line but they have not done the preparation work to actually get them there yeah. um, and as a, as a coach that's that's the areas that I would try and help someone build wide base so that you've got capacity yeah. but you've also got the capabilities to recover from what you're doing uh, and then a high peak which actually gives you the the um, ability to perform that maximal effort be it in a heavy lift or yeah. in power, but then sustain it for a little bit longer so you can perform in the workouts. And, and I guess that's where these these competitions now have accommodated for every level of fit, well, not every level of fitness, but a base level of fitness and obviously the elite yeah. level yeah, of fitness. Yeah, yeah. So in terms of national fitness games, there's a lot of stigma about people potentially joining in with competing at those, those competitions. And I think it's very similar to the kind of the gym industry where somebody would walk past the gym and go, well, I'm not going in there because it's full of bodybuilders or people doing <laughs> doing uh, muscle ups or whatever it might be. I think there's that stigma. And in terms of people getting involved, uh, I think it's probably a little bit clouded in terms of how people would get involved. So is there anything yeah, that you no, would I, say? I, I agree with that. And I think that's the biggest um, stopping point that I've had in conversation with people is like, oh, I could never do that. Yeah. But I think what they've done really well is they've set up the progression from the Novo Open Elite and, and everything in between. Yeah. You can kind of start to see where the lines are so that you can say, right, the capabilities that I need to have to compete at that level are X. And it gives you then a goal to then mm. build your training program out, work with your personal trainer, work on your training program to get you those capabilities so you can compete at that level. Then when you're in there, you find out where the rest of the holes are and you're like, oh man, I was really good at that, but I wasn't very good at that. Sweet, I'm gonna go back to the gym and start to develop that. So you kind of get more of a clearer picture of what you need to do and where you need to excel in order to then move up to the next step. But you're right, I think it's just a case of like, 
dipping your toe in the water for the first time, like reaching out to a couple of people in your gym that you maybe know do that kind of thing, or um, on Instagram, reaching out to the, the partners at the event that are perhaps gyms, they could guide you towards certain certain areas and say, right, if you're at this level, you could maybe get an entrance into it from this part, or we've got a team that needs a person in it, come and join our team and we'll take you forward to it. That's the kind of entry point I see, but it's all about just like, like anything, put yourself out there, don't be scared to do it, don't be scared to, worry about what people think. If you think that you're going to get enjoyment from that, then you just got to go for it and do it. Well, we, we did it last year where we took, um, we took a bunch of our members up to, to compete in Surrey. And those guys ended up, I think it was finishing second. Yeah, um, wicked. Robbed at the end by, by James. It's wow, a terrible virgin. Always. <laughs> always. Um, but we're, we're obviously going heavy this year. We've got three, of, I think it's three so far. Um, and we're going to be taking teams to there. So it's going to be interesting to see how we fare over the next uh, next 12 months, because I know that's one of your goals is to yeah. get to go, Mate, I'm excited. So obviously that was one of the goals that we wrote down as a business at the start, or my personal goals, because <laughs> I was involved with designing the training programs that are gonna help people compete at these competitions. Yeah. One of my goals was to lead a start uh, team, be it members or coaches, or whatever, to the gold on one of the comps. So that's definitely what yeah. we're aiming for. Look forward to seeing it. So last thing, again, something new I wanna introduce. Um, I know this is a fitness podcast, not a fitness podcast, but we're obviously fitness based. Um, so the question is, you're walking into a bakery or a cake shop, uh, what are you ordering and why? Oh man. <laughs> Too much selection. Probably get a bit of <laughs> One of everything. I love, I love cakes, right? That's my, my weakness, my Achilles heel cakes. Probably not so much pastries until the last couple of years, but cakes is my thing. Um, it would depend on which bakery I was walking into. Okay and probably what time of day it was as well. So I'll give you a couple of options here. So Saturday morning, well, only because they've told me that they only do these uh, products <laughs> on a weekend now. Um, Bakehouse, Bristol, yeah. best almond croissant I've ever had in my life. Croissant. Croissant. Um, I never used to like them until I've moved to Bristol. <laughs> I know there's a big thing on Instagram where loads of people in the fitness industry are yeah. eating them, but actually these ones yeah, slap, yeah, yeah. man. These ones are literally like, Fat, heavy, cakey in the middle. Um, outside of that, cinnamon swirl, but the ones that are kind of like square, yeah. rolled, and they've got the frosting in the middle, that would be my, my, go-to. my go-to, yeah. Sweet. Definitely. Thanks, mate. Appreciate Easy. that. Good, good, uh, good chat.